0: Welcome to It's Your Hormones, the podcast that delves into how your hormones affect every aspect of your life. I'm Dr. Sahar Rokad. I've been a doctor for almost 20 years, and I'm a GP who's been working with patients with hormonal issues for 10 years. Each week, you'll hear from a patient of mine or someone I know with hormonal issues who will share their real-life story for you to learn how hormones can affect your mood, energy, sleep, and quality of life. And most importantly, what you can do about it. Today I'm speaking to Catherine about her health journey with me over five years. We talk about thyroid, fertility and taking testosterone as a woman. We also talked about juggling a busy job and motherhood. I hope you enjoy it. Let's dive straight in. Hi Catherine. Hi Doctor. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing to come on and share your story. My pleasure. So we first met in December 2017. Yep, that's right. Do you want to share a little bit about why you decided to come and see me? Yeah, so I think December 2017 was a
1: somewhat challenging time, I would say, for me. I'd come back from... um, Dubai a couple of years earlier where I'd first been introduced to bioidentical hormones and had my thyroid issue um, identified by a doctor out there. And um, I kind of transitioned back into the UK over a couple of years um, and had a baby in the interim and um, hadn't really sorted out a doctor in the UK who could help me with bioidentical hormones. So was essentially trying to manage my thyroid issue through levothyroxine alone which just wasn't doing the job so that was the point at which I said, okay, I need to find someone who can help. And actually what I looked for, and it's interesting, my doctor in Dubai had said to me, whatever you do, go and find someone who is a specialist, not only in hormones, but also integrative medicine. Hmm. Um, and that's how I came across you. <laughs> so those two things go quite well together. When you search for um, a doctor in London who can do those two things, you pop up quite frequently. <laughs> um, and that's why I kind of came to you. And I think at that point... I was just so um, exhausted, Um, my thyroid was not functioning anywhere near optimally and um, that was the point at which I really needed some help because actually by that stage it wasn't just my thyroid hormone that was the problem, there was a lot of other things that were out of sync which is what we discovered when I um, came to
0: you. And I can't remember, how old was your baby at that time? So he was one and a half, nearly two. Yeah. So, so he was still little. It's quite a tiring time, yes, right? <laughs> exactly.
1: And I think because of that, I just hadn't got round. To, I thought oh, I can manage. I can manage, and I hadn't got round to actually getting the medical care that I needed. Yeah. Um. Because I'd transitioned back to the UK permanently just before I'd had my first. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, that was just a period where things were crazy. Not surprisingly. Mm. Um. And so hadn't managed to sort that out in advance, and therefore actually post pregnancy things had just got worse and worse and worse. Sure. Um. And that's why in 2017 I was okay. Enough is enough. I need to get some help here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So I remember you saying you were started on thyroid medication. It was found by your doctor. They did some tests after you'd had a miscarriage, right? Yeah, that's right. And that was in Dubai? Correct. Yeah. So you went and saw the doctor. They did some checks and... And
1: actually nobody had checked for a thyroid disorder until I had a miscarriage. Right. And that's the first thing she asked me was, have you ever had your thyroid checked? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so because she'd had a lot of other patients, and she, she hormone replacement therapy was one of her mm. focuses as well, um, and she was gynecologist by trade. But yeah. because the two kind of go hand in hand, she spent a lot of time working on that aspect of her practice as well. And so that was literally the first question she asked me yeah. when I had a miscarriage.
0: Well, that's interesting. And the answer was no. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hadn't even thought about it. <laughs> Do you think now, on reflection, you had other symptoms of of maybe a low functioning thyroid or? Oh, 100%. Okay. 100%. I mean, I was exhausted
1: all the time, which I just put down to work. Yeah. Busy job, working hard, playing hard. Yeah. And just assume that what, was what it was. But actually thinking about it with hindsight, it wasn't just exhaustion. It was I don't know how I'd probably describe it as crippling exhaustion, mm. you know, literally having the alarm clock would go off in the morning and I would have to pull myself out of bed. It mm. wasn't just, and it was one of those those types of exhaustion where sleeping for the entire weekend and wouldn't make me feel any better, yeah, um and I with hindsight, that's because I had a thyroid issue, but I just didn't know it, so I just put it down to well, I'm working. I'm busy, yeah, and didn't think to get anything checked.
0: Yeah, and you were what early thirties then? Mid thirties, yeah. Mid thirties, yeah. So again, you know, you think, oh, well, I'm in my thirties now. Maybe I'm just a bit more tired. Yeah. I'm getting a bit <laughs> old. <laughs> Don't have my twenty-year-old energy anymore. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. So obviously, you know, at the, at the beginning, we talked a lot about the link between thyroid. Your female yep. hormones, sugars, and cortisol, your stress hormone. Yep. I was looking at your notes earlier and I drew you a funny little diagram. Do you remember that it?
1: circle, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier today.
0: <laughs> but it's so true. I'm not an artist, this <laughs> <nurse>. <laughs> But it did the job, it explained it very well. That's what Kel did. So, to kind of try and explain it, basically, I made four circles. One that said thyroid, one said adrenal, one said female hormones, one said sugars and basically they all overlap. So I find that if there's an issue somewhere, say your thyroid's a bit off, it would be a good idea to check those three areas in addition because more than likely something else will be off also could be your cortisol it could be your female sex hormones or your male hormones if you're a man you know it could be sugar balance stress hormones so it's always good to look at them in conjunction which is what we
1: did yeah exactly we found a
0: few things going on
1: yeah i mean i'd also discovered after the initial miscarriage that i had um insulin resistance so Mm. I'd kind of got into this vicious circle of my thyroid not functioning properly, being exhausted and therefore eating chocolate to try and boost my energy levels. And that actually just made everything worse because my body couldn't process the chocolate very well at all. Um, And as a result, you just go into this kind of spiral yeah. Very, very negative spiral of just struggling and struggling and struggling and having mm. no energy and eating all the wrong things that don't help to try and give yourself energy. Yeah. And actually not realizing there is an actual medical reason why all this is going on. Um, and until you put those dots together, it's very difficult to understand what's happening
0: other than just, oh, I'm just tired all the time. Yeah. And it is really hard to make changes when you do feel really tired. Yeah. Because what's the first thing you do? You just grab something quick, or some sugar, or yep. something greasy, because you're just too exhausted to do anything else. Yeah. So I do have empathy for that. And it's still, really hard. I
1: still do that now, even though I know I shouldn't. Mm. Uh, it's not something that you kind of say, OK, I know about it, therefore I'm not going to do it. Because when you're tired, you're tired. And yeah. if you've got to just get through the day, you've yeah. got the little ones to deal with or you've got some work to get out or whatever it might be, Yeah, you're tired and you need to get through the day. And even though I know about it now, I catch myself still doing it and say, yeah. OK, I've been doing that for a few days now. I need to stop. Yeah. Actually, what I need to do is go to bed early. Mm. (laughs) mummy needs an early night we're all going to bed at the same time (laughs) and that's what happens sometimes now in our house whereas before I'd have just powered through and said oh I've just got to get on I've just got to get on and actually sometimes what you need to do is pause and stop Yeah, and just break that cycle
0: yeah it's hard it is hard though I do have empathy for that Um, obviously like you said you are aware of the, the triggers now you're aware of what goes on don't always do it but at least you're aware which is the first the first step of course um so are you like are you aware of how stress impacts your hormones now
1: yes much more than i ever was before much more um i mean again when you're caught up in it it's difficult to take the step back yeah um but what i am much better at doing now which i never was before i learned about this at all is if I Even if I'm really busy, I still try and take the time out. So, for example, this afternoon, I was very busy, but I, I'd hit a point where my energy levels had dropped off. And rather than going to the fridge and finding a chocolate bar, yeah. I went out for a walk for 20 minutes and yeah. just got some fresh air. And it's doing things like that that, A, help reduce my stress levels, mm. um, but B kind of replaced that chocolate hit and that sugar hit. Yeah, And so actually I kind of came back and I was like, okay, I'm still feeling a bit tired here. I'll have some yoghurt with some honey rather than a chocolate bar, mm. you know, and just some slower release type energy um, added with a little bit of protein to just help give yourself a little bit of a kick actually helps much more Definitely. and helps to manage the stress because it is, like we've said before, it's a terrible, terrible circle of stress making me, tired because i'm overworking yeah. or whatever it might be or the children are keeping me awake at night because they're teething or whatever it might be um and you you just go back from stress to not sleeping to going for the chocolate yeah. um, and that's certainly my pattern um and then i start comfort eating the chocolate so until you find ways of breaking that cycle you can't get out of the cycle yeah and actually the first step is learning about it
0: definitely I have a lot of empathy because it's my cycle, too.
1: (laughs) I think there's a lot of ladies that will have empathy with that.
0: (laughs) And, you know, it is really hard when you get yourself into that sort of cycle to, like, break it again. And I do think a lot of it is just habit. Yes. It's mindless and it's habit. And it's maybe what you used to do as a child or something like that. maybe. Yeah. And it's almost ingrained in you over the years. Yes. And then you're right, you know, sometimes I eat something and then I'm like, what did I just eat? I don't even remember doing it. But there seems to be an empty chocolate wrapper next to me now. I have no idea where that came from. I blacked out
1: and ate it. I just went into like this automatic mode of must eat chocolate.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I think the awareness is very important. I think once you catch yourself doing it, exactly what you said, put something else in. And sometimes a little bit of like negotiating with yourself can work. Like, fine, you can have chocolate. You're just having two squares today, and that's it. And like that also helps a little bit. Yeah, I think you've got to find what works for you. Some people are great at cold turkey.
1: Yeah, me not so good.
0: Other people aren't. Me not so good either.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's like last um, last time I came to see you last month, Mm -hmm. and I said to you, "I'm just eating too much chocolate right now, and I can feel the impact it's having." on my entire system um and i was kind of i think i'm gonna have to go cold turkey and you suggested well don why don't you try getting something that's a replacement so like a no sugar uh, chocolate or a low sugar chocolate and i did that Mm. um and i found that i could replace the normal chocolate bar with a no sugar chocolate bar so i found a chocolate bar that was naturally had a natural sweetener in it yeah um And I started eating that. And after about two weeks, instead of having that sugar-filled chocolate bar, I was just replacing, because like you say, it's a habit a lot of the time. I was replacing that sugary chocolate bar habit Mm. with a no-sugar chocolate bar habit. And actually, I then found I went into a kind of local shop with my son to pick something up and normally when I'm in that kind of sugar frenzy mode I can't resist picking something up yeah and I'll just chuck it in the basket and actually I looked at them all and I was like I don't really fancy any of this because I wasn't craving the sugar because my body had had a break from it yeah um, which I found really interesting because I've not often managed to get to that point in the cycle before
0: yeah I often think like you know you might have some sugar-free chocolates you eat a bit of it but Obviously, because there's no sugar in it, you don't crave it in the same way. So you have a bit and then you're like, oh, I'm done now. Yeah. And that kind of works because you're not getting that sort of sugar hit where you're like, oh, more, more, more. Exactly. So I find that's quite helpful as well. Yeah. Or sometimes something I do is like a little negotiation almost. Because I think like when you're in that sort of frenzy, you know, you just kind of eat loads of rubbish because then you know I'll have the chocolate I'll get a takeout now I'll do yeah. this oh why not who yeah. cares it doesn't matter yeah. and then you wake up in like guilt and you yeah. <laughs> feel terrible <laughs> so sometimes I go right you can eat whatever you want up until this time yeah and they so say you can have all the chocolate you want up until three o'clock and then you're done um, yeah You normally feel like it after that. And then you're like, oh, well, the time's gone now, so I can't have it. Or you can have your chocolate, but you have to have five fruit and veg first in the day. Uh, I like that one. And then actually, when you've got more phytonutrients in your system, you don't crave that sugar hit as much. Oh, interesting. So that's another way of kind of like negotiating with yourself a little bit. If you have to negotiate with yourself, I like it. I do.
1: It's a constant battle for me.
0: (laughs) Negotiate with that little voice in the head. Exactly. (laughs) So you're like, okay, I've just got to befriend her a bit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, as you've alluded to by a couple of things you've said, you you came in to see me with one child, and then you fell pregnant in 2019. Yes, and. we sort of worked together a bit over that time as well, didn't we, because you were quite worried about your thyroid and everything yes then. and that
1: was I think that's really interesting. I've spoken to lots of friends who have had this scenario as well um because i think it's fair to say i was a geriatric pregnancy by that point (laughs) that's what what they they call it (laughs) it's a really awful outdated term um but what i found was and it's i distinctly remember it because i remember having a conversation with my friend who was um struggling to get pregnant and i had just had my second little boy at the time and um I said to her that I had been working with you for a couple of years and each time I'd come back to you, because a lot of the time it's kind of seeing how the balance works yeah, and then tweaking yeah. something and yeah, seeing how that works. Yeah, the blood works. work for exactly. the thyroid
0: and responding. Exactly.
1: And then different pressures kind of impact on the hormones as well. So if you have a period where you're crazy busy at work or the little one is teething and you're not sleeping very much, then that can also impact. So yeah. it takes a lot of tweaking to kind of get that balance right. And actually, I remember it was, I said, so it's the f- it was the first time that I'd been into to and we looked at my blood works and everything was not only in the normal range, but in the optimal range. Yeah. And it was literally the cycle after that that I got pregnant. Ah. So everything had come back into balance and then everything worked properly. Yeah. Whereas when things are not in balance, that's when the challenges happen. Yeah. And that's kind of what, because she was going through a very, very difficult time stage as well and very stressed with work and i just said look it will happen but for me everything had to be in balance for it to work yeah um and you know i think she found a, a similar route and, and managed to to make things work for herself as well but it's i just thought that was really interesting that it was literally when everything was opt and it wasn't just everything in the normal range yeah. it was everything was optimal Yeah. um that's when everything clicked into place for me
0: yeah Yeah, that's really good to hear. Yeah, doing. We (laughs) talked about that. (laughs) Because I didn't realise it until after I'd seen you. Yeah. And then I didn't see you again for another few months. So, yes, obviously, we were monitoring things during your pregnancy as well. Yes. Because your thyroids can change while you're pregnant. That's quite common. So, we did some extra testing in between the sort of routine thyroid screening you get to keep everything optimum. you went on to have a healthy baby yes and you brought baby in to see me after which was nice (laughs) really nice and then I guess something else we did was when you were ready after you had the baby we started checking your hormones again to get things back into balance because you'd had a rough time after your your first child right that
1: that was exactly the thing I didn't do after my first child because I was just too overwhelmed by everything and busy yeah and hadn't taken the time to look after me yeah um I didn't do that and that's when I got to a point in 2017 where I was like this has to stop. Mm. I can't carry on like this. Something is not right. Yeah. Um and actually that was a really big lesson for me because post baby you all of the the levels of of hormones etc I was taking pre baby are actually almost irrelevant (laughs) Mm. because everything has changed so much yeah um and I know it then took us quite a little bit of time to tweak everything again and to because it takes time for your body to then recover and your hormone requirements are different and the balance is different and the balance changes certainly over the kind of year following having a baby definitely Um, yeah so for me that was a really key priority the second time around of making sure Mm. that I carried on working with you to make sure that I got that balance back into check
0: as quickly as I could because yeah post baby number one it was very very hard yeah and of course after you know your first child you're just oh I'm just tired I'm just sleep deprived it's normal to to feel this way after a a baby and to an extent that is true of course but if there's also a hormone imbalance then you know that's what maybe why it prolonged it yeah that you felt bad for yeah, so long I think so and I think a lot of people don't realize a lot of postnatal depression is a hormone imbalance yeah and not always of course there can be other factors but definitely looking at optimizing the hormones can have a huge impact on your perception of the postnatal depression I mean for me
1: the two were vastly different experiences yeah and, and yes there is a a huge difference between the experience you have post your first baby yeah. <laughs> anyway compared to your second one but still in terms of the way i felt mm. um and just the managing all of those emotions post having a baby yeah um i felt much much better after tommy my second little boy than yeah. after jack who's my first simply because my hormones were back in balance and I wasn't struggling quite so much. I was yeah. still tired. Of course, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not never going to change. But um, definitely the experience was, was much, much easier after my second from a, a kind of hormonal, emotional mm. perspective. And I do put a lot of that down to the fact that we were monitoring them making sure that I was on top of where my hormones should be. Yeah. Whereas post my first baby, because I was in the UK and the doctor who was helping me was in Dubai, I just couldn't I couldn't do it yeah. from the distance of course. at that point.
0: Yeah. So you're a working mum and you've got a very busy professional job. Yes. Uh, how do you manage everything? <laughs> I don't half the time. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Um,
1: I think, I mean, I know certainly my journey with my hormones has helped me focus on the times when things are not, I know when I'm not in balance. Yeah. I can feel it when I'm not in balance. And I know that actually what I need to do is go and rest Mm -hmm. and get the sleep. Because once you've had the sleep, you can then put in place all the other things that you need to do and you can eat properly easier and you can just order some healthy food. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if I don't stop pause every now and again that's when things get out of hand and that's when I think (laughs) probably fair to my two boys that's when mummy starts yelling more (laughs) (laughs) mummy's tired (laughs) but um but yeah I mean I I have learned that I have to put in place processes to help yeah me. and i have to get to a point where i say look stop yeah i have to stop right now and I have to go and have an early night or i just need to take some time out or just do something for myself to just pause yeah so that i can then you know come back to the table as it were and and be mum and yeah. then also kind of say well actually no the this weekend, mummy has to work, mm. and that's how it is. And we have arrangements in place to help us do that, but not trying to do both at the same time. Yeah, because that just doesn't work, and all that does is put extra pressure on me and my health. Mm. And that I know from hindsight that that simply doesn't it doesn't
0: work. Yeah, I've met your husband a couple of times in yep. clinic. Yeah, and so he obviously knows what you're doing and <laughs> things. <laughs> like has it you know have obviously I'm sure you've shared your hormone story with him and things yep. like that and um you know does he find that helpful to kind of understand what's going on with you or oh yeah hundred percent okay a hundred percent because
1: yeah. I know that when things are out adult- of out of line and are not in balance that i am snappier that Mm -hmm. my tempo is shorter that i'm more prone to feeling a bit down and Mm. more prone even to feeling overwhelmed by everything because that's simply what happens when you know those are the types of feelings you have when your hormones are not in line yeah um and i can identify that he understands that and he kind of Notices (laughs) Notices <laughs> when when those kind of times are happening, and it just helps him understand a bit more what's happening with me really,
0: yeah, and um, you know, I guess he's probably noticed the difference also between your first son and your your second son in the way you were after the birth, also
1: oh, a hundred percent it's um. I mean, light and day, I think is probably
0: mm. <laughs> the way
1: he would experience
0: it. <laughs> so I think we talked a bit about how the hormones impact your ability, you know, with your kids, you know, in terms yep. of being snappy or less snappy yep. and things like that. I think <laughs> so. everyone does, you know, but I guess you've got the awareness as yes. to why it's going on. Yeah. And how have you noticed it help in your job? So I think with my job, I'm... I,
1: I can get very, very, very busy mm. and so I have to be aware that when I get very, very busy and that results in maybe me not having as much sleep, mm-hmm. um, that I actually do need to just pause and take some time out sometimes yeah. um, and you, know, I'm very lucky that I have um, people at work who understand and and are really, really, really great. Um, but at the same time, deadline's a deadline and we need to just yeah. get on with it. So everyone's got those pressures. Um, and you know, I have to get on with it. But then I'm I guess I'm more conscious now that I understand my hormones and how they work than I was before of not just powering through. I'm yeah. not just saying, actually, I've just got to get on with this extra deadline and saying, well, actually, can I manage this in a different way? Is this really the real deadline? Can I change that deadline slightly? Can, is, you know, Is there something that I can do to manage this? So I'm more focused on, if I can, managing my workload better. Hmm. And I think that's driven by me understanding my own limitations.
0: Yeah. So with work, I mean, you know, how open are you? Are you like, Oh, I've got a, a hormone issue or or. Oh yeah Is I'll tell my <laughs> <laughs> <Will> you <laughs> my um, cycle. Because I know you work with men as well, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean if people I'm very I I don't really hide it. I mean, I don't go out and, you know, I'm almost shout a it today. from the rooftops <laughs> or anything. But people that know me and that work with me mm. um, you know, know that I have some of those challenges and actually me speaking about it some people in not in my team but other people that I work with um, they have kind of said to me oh I've got the same issue Ah. and so by just being open about it other people know so I don't I don't shout it from the rooftops, no. but if someone talks to me about it or says, oh, I'm feeling really tired now, like I've said to some people, have you ever had that checked? Because I did, and that was an issue for me. And then they've gone away and had their thyroid checked and they've had a thyroid issue themselves. Oh, wow. So um, you know, I, I don't hide it, but at the same time, if someone asks, I'm very open about it. And I kind of say, look, you know, this is, this is what I've got. And yeah. This is how it impacts on me. Mm. Um, and you know, this is what I do about
0: it. Mm. So would you advocate then for people to maybe be more open about health things in the workplace? Are you in quite a senior position as well, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean yeah, no, I'm I think it talking about it is the way to go. if People don't understand. If I'm managing someone and I don't understand what their challenges are, then it's very tricky for me to to manage them. But at the same time, I wouldn't force someone to talk to me about something if they no. weren't happy doing it. But it's about creating a space for people to feel comfortable if they want to talk about it. Mm. To to kind of say, look, I'm having this challenge, yeah. um, and you know, I'm lucky that where I work, people are very open and we have a lot of support around that type of thing. So it's I would say, generally quite easy for people to approach managers if they want to, yeah. um, subject to personal relationships, etc. cetera, as, yeah. no, as is normal, but for people to kind of say, look, I'm, this is what I'm dealing with right now. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's the only way to be because otherwise you can't, particularly if you're in a job that can be very demanding, if they can't explain what's going on, then you don't understand what the issue is and they're just you know, struggling with things, then yeah. you can't help
0: Yeah, I think two things came to mind while you were saying that. One is that I read a stat that 76% of people, when asked, said they had the ability to be flexible in the way that they work or change the way they work, and only about 23% actually make those changes.
1: Yeah, and I think what's very interesting is we've often kind of been quite relaxed with our team kind of saying look if you need to go and do something it's okay don't worry um if you need to work from home because you know the guy's coming to fix the washing machine or whatever it might be that's fine just let us know um <clears throat> but pre-covid a lot of people didn't do that yeah. but post-covid people are much more relaxed yeah. about doing that different landscape yeah, completely yeah. different
0: and then I worked for a consultant once in the hospital and he'd told me about his former junior doctor, the one I replaced, and uh, it's normal to replace someone every six months, that was just normal, but he said how she, she wasn't there a lot and he just assumed she was a bit lazy. And then when he spoke to her, she explained her mum was actually quite ill and she was trying to help arrange stuff for her and on the phone. So that's why her focus wasn't there. And he's like, but if you'd have just told me that at the beginning, I could have been a lot more flexible with you. Yeah. So I think that being, you know, as as open as you feel comfortable with, is only going to benefit you really. Yeah. And then, of course, if you're not getting the support you need, then you can rethink things. But don't rethink things before you've had a conversation. Yeah. 100%. Yeah.
1: 100%. And it's about, to the extent you can, making people feel comfortable having a conversation. Yeah. Or, you know, having people that they know they can go and talk to if they need to. And that might not necessarily be their direct report because they might not be comfortable talking to their direct report about it. But yeah. that there is somebody there or a support service there if even if it's not someone within the organization that there is some kind of external support system there that can help as well sometimes people just need to to be able to talk about it yeah um and that doesn't that may be all they need without having to actually say anything to their colleagues etc um but having that outlet i think is important
0: yeah i think so so, you see me privately, and you pay for your blood tests um for your your hormones, your thyroids we've also done other things i like looked at like at your we've looked at your iron your sugars yep. um What value do you see in getting these things monitored on a regular basis for me it's
1: about being able to um to manage it because I know like over the over the years when you and I have looked at these sometimes we've said actually. We might need to go and, you know, take an extra vitamin supplement at the moment for a few months just to get things back in balance. Or And I think for me, one of the biggest eye-openers that we did, I think it was the first raft of tests that we did, actually, was the omega-3 to omega-6 ratio. Mm. And we did that, and mine was completely skewed at that point. Yeah. Um, and it's only in doing those tests that you realise, actually, something's not quite right. And if you don't do them regularly, yeah. then you don't know... What you need to add to put yourself back in balance, if that makes sense, um, you know. And I know, I like you and I have quite. We'll regularly kind of have conversations of, "Well, I don't feel quite right about this at the moment," or "This isn't." And, and you'll say to me, "Well, tell me what you think," because you're the one who's feeling it. Like you've been doing it long enough now. Yeah. Tell me, tell me what you think, and I'll kind of say whether or not that aligns with what I think. And <clears throat> I think that's really important because I'm the one that's experiencing it. And with with these types of things, if you're not monitoring it but also talking about how you're feeling with it, yeah. then you can't get the balance right.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: and yeah. I think for me, that's why I continue to do those tests and check Mm. on everything because that's how I know Like we've added in a vitamin B supplement recently for me just to help kind of balance out some of some of those emotions etc but also just that's what came up in the report so I'm feeling a bit tired I'm feeling a bit drained well maybe that's why let's boost that for a couple of months and see how we get on so that's why I continue to do it and that's why I see the value in it because it's it's a constant process it's not just here you go here's what you take take this same pill for the rest of your life and you'll be fine. It doesn't work like that because it's constantly changing. And if you're not constantly monitoring, you cannot keep yourself on track.
0: Yeah, I guess, you know, we're always in a different environment. Things are changing in our lives, our lifestyle, our stress, you know, diet varies. You've got young kids, so things are always changing for you. And it's about keeping on top of that to an extent and going, right, less. I mean, look, we don't do tests every five minutes. It's like maybe like twice a year or no, something, no, no.
1: right? <laughs> yeah, so, it so, doesn't break the bank. <laughs>
0: yeah, so we're going, right, what's going on now? Let's see how things are different for you and yeah. and kind of balancing things out. But yeah, like um, the omega 3 thing... It's, it's basically seeing how much omega-3 you have in your body. Omega-3 is your good fish oil compared to omega-6, which can be good, but too much of it can be inflammatory. Yep. So if you've got a lot more 6 than 3, you basically need more 3. And that's what we did that's for a while. We did. I'm yeah. like, your body's inflamed. We need to rebalance that. That's going to help your stress. If your body's yep. less inflamed on a physiological level, it's going to help balance the sugars, it's going to help the thyroid, yep. everything's interlinked. So yeah. it's about looking at the bigger picture, hormones are my thing, but <laughs> there's other things also that's going to help balance that, not just going to go, take more hormones. Exactly, Yeah. exactly.
1: And you know, take this one pill for the rest of your life and all will be well. It just doesn't work like that.
0: Yeah, but talking about taking hormones which you do obviously yes uh one of the things you do take is testosterone yes so testosterone is considered a male hormone but women have a small amount and need a small amount and we found yours to be a bit low on your testing so we introduced a small amount in a cream form yeah um how have you found taking that so it's a strange one isn't it because it's not the thing that you automatically assume you
1: need. Yeah. But for me I've had no issues taking it at all although I found if I do it on my arm my arms get hairy so I don't do it on my arm anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um I what I found was the energy levels okay. were different. Um and I notice that if I have a period where I run out of the testosterone, even though I don't take a huge amount, I notice the difference. Okay. And I say to myself, Well, I really need to go see a doctor. <laughs> I need to get my my testosterone because it's it it does impact on my energy levels.
0: Yeah. And were you worried about taking it before you took it? Because it's like, oh, it's a man's hormone. Am I going to get a beard? That sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that's that's your starting point,
1: right? Is someone's <laughs> giving me testosterone to take? You know, I'm, I'm not a man. What am I getting this for? Um, but... Like I said, the only side effect I found was that I started to get slightly hairier arms because I was using it on the same arm all the yeah. time. So I now kind of switch it around um, and yeah. then I don't have that that impact at all. But that's that's the only kind of, neg. I say negative, but that's the only kind of consequence of taking it that I've really noticed. Yeah. You know, and the upsides to it are that I feel like I have more energy, um, a bit more drive, um, Motivationally, I sometimes notice it as well Mm. when I've that comes later. If I've not, if I've kind of run out and I've not got any, if I've run out for a couple of days, I start to notice the energy dropping off. But the motivation and the kind of the mental energy, yeah, that takes longer, yeah. But if I'm off it for a while, I notice that dropping off as well. Um, so it does, I, I can see the impact that it has when I don't
0: take the testosterone. Yeah. So I think people always just think it's just about sex drive. Yeah. Which it does help, obviously. <laughs> but it's more than just sex drive. Some women say to me, oh, I don't think I need that because I'm not doing any of that stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah. But I said, But well, maybe that's because you're not taking any <laughs> testosterone. And if you took some, you might want to. Um, but the other aspect is it's not just about that. No it's about your focus your concentration your motivation yeah um it's a bit of a fat burner also yeah which is never a bad thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) always good (laughs) so uh thanks for coming on the show today Catherine, and being so candid and open (laughs) my pleasure and uh i'm sure lots of people are going to find this really beneficial i hope so thanks again thanks It's always an honour to have been seeing patients for five or six years or more and building the relationship with them and going through their lives with them. I've known Catherine now for five years and I've seen her at all different stages of her life. Very stressed with her job, 18 months after having a baby and dealing with the fallout of that. I've seen her during pregnancy and then with the birth of her new son and now she's back at work as a busy working mum trying to get herself back on track. I think the key takeaway points are balancing your thyroid and realising that it's not just tiredness that can occur and that it could be affecting your fertility. I think Catherine's point about if you have a hormonal issue, getting it checked during pregnancy and after can definitely change the way you feel postnatally. I think it was also useful for her to talk about the other things we've done, such as checking iron levels, omega-3 levels and looking at things in a more holistic way. We don't just talk about hormones, we talk about other things that influence it, such as diet and especially sugar. We talk about the four hormonal circles, as I call them, and how the adrenals, thyroid, sugars, and sex hormones can all influence each other. So that if there's an issue in one area, it's worth checking the other three, which is my favorite way of managing patients to make sure we've got all bases covered. We also talked about taking testosterone as a woman, the things you need to look out for when you use it, but also the benefits you can feel, which isn't just an increased sex drive. But it certainly does help with that also. I hope you found Catherine's story interesting. I think it's great to hear from a non-menopausal woman about how hormone therapy can help in terms of the way they feel and also fertility, which is an important issue for so many. Catherine said herself she was told she was a geriatric mother which is a term that is used I don't like it but it's a term that's used for women over the age of 36 having a baby which is actually really common these days so definitely if you are in this situation and thinking about fertility it's worthwhile thinking about making sure your hormones are balanced to give yourself the best outcome. Thanks for tuning in this week to It's Your Hormones. Join me again next week to hear more real life stories about how hormones can affect you and what you can do about it. See you next week.